this a metal thing? Yes. movie talk plus that's right folks we've transcended genre boundaries and sometimes cover other horror movies other movies fuck i always say that (laughs) we're a place for horror movie lovers but the plus tells you we also welcome genre curious and genre allies so please make sure to rate review and subscribe on itunes full video available on youtube don't be a square. Be sure to share. Also, check out patreon.com slash horrormovietalk. That's the equivalent of the adult section at your video rental store. And if you want to add your pee to the community pool, <laughs> go to horrormovietalk.com or call 682-253-4468. That's 682-253-4468. And leave us a voicemail. As always, we have Fart Simpson crammed into the production booth. I'm Bryce Hansen. Across from me sits the island boy, David Day, and Carol from HR. Everyone, welcome Aaron, my wife. Hi, welcome Aaron. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Aaron, She's you've muted. been on once before, right? You're muted, Aaron. Oh, you're muted. Oh, sorry, I thought I clicked it. <laughs> Yeah, I've been, You've been on once the show or twice, before, right? I think, yeah. right? You were on, I can't remember early. which ones you were on. Early yeah. on. Okay, so um, we got a great show today. We'll be reviewing Renfield, starring Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt. Uh, we start out by giving a brief review on our score for the film. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And then later on... We'll be playing a new game called Dracula Actor Trivia. You'll never guess what it's about. (laughs) Um, And since we have a special guest, Aaron and David will be pitted against each other and we can actually have a winner. Mm -hmm. Okay. always a winner. Uh, Renfield can be found streaming on Peacock and also is available to rent on all the other places. Do you have a Peacock subscription? No, we should get it, me? though. Let's huh? just get it. We should probably just get it. Yeah. There's enough on I mean, there's The Office on yeah. it and other stuff. It has a decent amount of horror movies, actually. Um, it's a terrible app, but it has things I need. Right. Um, so Renfield, the film, tells the story of Count Dracula's titular servant struggling to become self-actualized in modern times after discovering his codependency in a 12-step self-help group. Dracula, who has been convalescing for an indeterminate amount of time, is finally gaining enough power to continue his plans for world domination, and Renfield's self-empowerment is really throwing a wrench into his plans. To make matters worse, a local wolf-themed gang is trying to kill Renfield, and he must combat them using his bug-diet-fueled superpowers. 
Is that is that about right, Aaron? Yep. Okay. That was it. <laughs> Boy, this sounds eerily similar to what we do in the shadows. Um why would that be? I mean not in th- like just the theme of like there's warring factions of nighttime baddies and like like different <laughs> levels of draculas of uh vampires I should say. Um yeah, I mean it's 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 a comedy definitely and they're like there's some elements of uh what we do in the shadows that are like kind of action or fight theme but it's not the same thing at all i mean this is like a straight ahead action comedy like not even like specifically like a superhero action comedy oh it's it's actually closer to probably closer to deadpool than it is Mm -hmm. to what we do in the shadows um so the headline on this one is that dracula uh is the role that nick cage was born to play and he appro- appropriately chews up the scenery whenever he's on screen. Uh, this movie is a lot of fun thematically and visually. Renfield and Dracula's relationship interpreted through modern codependency and narcissism, pop psychology, is just a great funny premise. Nicholas Holt plays Renfield by channeling uh, his former About a Boy co-star Hugh Grant and is a great straight man to Dracula's antics. Um, the filmmaker's don't go with a straight-ahead comedy, but surprisingly fold in a superhero action genre as well. It ends up being a hard-R action comedy a la Deadpool, like I said. Uh, I can't say it completely works for me, but since since the action and super-powered violence feels like an arbitrary add-on, but that's not to say it's not good. Uh, some of the funnest parts are the absurd, uh, the absurdly violent fight sequences that produce more gore than most horror movies um looking at the writers and director uh the motley film starts to make more sense so the story is by robert kirkman who's famous for his comic and tv successes with the walking dead and invincible uh it's written by ryan ridley who's a writer for rick and morty and directed by chris mckay who directed the lego batman movie all of whom and the and the lego movie um he was like an an editor for the Lego movie. I don't yeah, think he was, yeah. He okay. directed it. <clears throat> all all of these people. I mean, Rick and Morty. You know, Invincible, um, the Lego Batman movie. The the common thread is mixing genres, and they're each each of the filmmakers involved seem to to do that to great effect. So um, it's a really fun ride. Um, again. <clears throat> I would have liked a little more Dracula and a little less superhero uh, for the movie, but like it's such a small like thing, and it's more of just a a, a choice. But overall, the movie works really well, and it's to me it's a must see Nicolas Cage performance. Like it's one of his best that i've seen of of him wow um, yeah i give it a, a nine out of ten wow <laughs> that's crazy how, how did uh how did you like it aaron aaron by the way not a big horror movie fan um so i'm super curious to hear how how this struck you yeah i really liked it because it was more of a comedy than a horror and i don't remember really any jump scares 
I mean, there were a few, like, extreme zoom-ins to, like, Dracula's teeth, but there wasn't, like, a jump-out-of-nowhere scare scene. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it was really good. I, I'd give it an 8 out of 10, but I, just because there were some... <clears throat> a few cheesy one-liners uh, like maybe a few too many but it was it was enjoyable it was fun i definitely watch it again yeah in in terms of horror like there's not any dread or like really serious stuff but i mean it's horror by default because it's dracula it's a monster movie but like the horror really comes in when it comes to the gore like it's pretty pretty extreme if you've if you've watched invincible it's it's pretty similar to that of just like did they have to take it that far um is invincible that's the cartoon that's the cartoon yeah uh-huh yeah it's a it or it's similar another one would be like the boys like the amazon the superhero genre meta uh shows like where it's like did you have to explode the head and the answer is yes yes we did yeah you know um so i think it's fair to say uh, this is just a guess but i think it's fair to say that we've uh reviewed more nick cage movies than any other star um outright uh I, i believe this is the fifth nick cage movie we've reviewed we started uh with mandy and then and then i i let's see here was the next one uh the the color out of space or whatever that one's called. yes it was then it was color out of space and then after that it was vampire's kiss Mm -hmm. and then just uh just last month we did the old way Mm -hmm. um and uh and now this month it's it's renfield that's that's five oops Mm -hmm. that's five nick cage movies and frankly i i'm a I think we should keep going down this lane. Maybe just have a a, a cage movie talk. You know? Yeah, we could just do. We could rebrand as horror movie talk plus cage. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Vampires kiss though another vampire movie where, I mean, arguably uh, one of Cage's most memorable f- performances. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's like. I think the studio wasn't sure they wanted him for this, um, but they, you know, they referenced Vampire's Kiss as a, you know, uh, his acting chops with comedy mixed with drama. Um, and I, I mean, I, it's obvious that, that Nick Cage has a love for Dracula. Like, he, I think he owns Dracula's castle or something. I, Whoa. I don't know if I'm making that up or... Or no, he slept. Oh, in Dracula's castle. Let me see. Does he ever in this movie? Does he? Are there any like Easter eggs for Vampire's Kiss where he's like, oh. "I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire!" <laughs> or does he say the ABCs out loud angrily? No, he he doesn't <laughs> do that. Unfortunately, ah, oh. um, there is a lot of callbacks to the 1931 uh, Dracula with Bela Lugosi. Um, yeah, let's see. I've never uh, misfiled anything. Not once. Not one time. Yeah, so Nick Cage once slept in Dracula's castle. I think 
to research for uh, Vampire's Kiss. Is that right? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's that time frame would work, but um, and he has a love of like silent movies, and that's probably one of the things that makes him work so well in the role because. Uh, well, we'll get into it later when we talk about like the different stages <clears throat> that we see Dracula in. But I mean, it's it's one of his best performances, as you know. And he's basically just a, a side character in this, you know. All right. Speaking of side characters. Uh, if you're listening to these commercials, or any kind of commercials, I don't know why that would be related to side characters, but you should know you don't have to. Don't be a side character in your own life. Go to patreon.com slash horrormovietalk and uh, join up and you can avoid all those ads and get episodes early without ads as soon as we get them edited also you can check out our shop on horrormovietalk.com slash shop uh you can be like the person that just ordered a logo tee uh that david has to send out now and uh, i you shall can, <clears throat> you can also check out our resident artist dustin gobel he's a professional artist who fucks hard and he also takes commissions for artwork from hmt fans contact him on instagram or just follow him at dgobel00 that's at d-g-o-e-b-e-l Zero zero, make your artistic dreams come true. Uh, again, if you want to leave us a voicemail, call six eight two two five three four four six eight. And uh, just want to, I just want to personally thank you, listener, for listening. So let's get into spoilers. So yeah, one of the things in the film is like it opens up. Um, well, it opens up with with uh, Renfield in a like a twelve step twelve step group um, kind of self help group, and then quickly does a flashback to the story of Renfield and Dracula up to that point, um, and it shows Dracula basically being burnt alive in a close call uh, with death from some vampire hunters. And so at this point, Dracula is convalescing. And so we see him in different um, different steps in the healing process. Um, and what he starts out with is just a... It just looks like his face is falling off. His face is falling off. <laughs> and... <Right. laughs> Uh, it's like a kind of a Phantom of the Opera type um, look, except all over his body. And that is when Cage really shines to me because he's such a student of silent films to where yeah. everything is done so physically and so broadly with his face that, like, it just works like it's impressive that how much makeup he's wearing and how much like comes through through his eyes and like his his expressions it's it's like a i mean that is a master class in 
and like acting broadly but not distractingly you know it's not a it's not a non sequitur <clears throat> um Nicolas Cage performance it's not like why why is he doing that like it all makes sense within the context and um so it it so it again it opens in this uh 12 step group called drag which stands for dependent relationship anonymous group um which is based on apparently there is a real life 12 step group called uh co uh codependent anonymous which is coda i guess goes by short yeah i've heard of coda yeah um and so <laughs> it opens with this girl kind of like telling her story and there's some shots fired at the music genre of ska which there are some callbacks about she's like talking about her um you know narcissistic boyfriend who's like really into ska and we find out that the reason that renfield is there is he's doing research to find victims for dracula um, and he's not going to find dr- victims from the 12-step group. He's going to find it from the people that the 12-step group talk about. So he's going to find oh. the narcissistic monsters to feed to Dracula. So it's more like Dexter. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a little fight club, you know, from the from the 12-step groups mixed in with Dexter um, of uh, monster hunting. And... Um, so Renfield go, goes to find one of these guys and there's just this really big action sequence. It like turns into a superhero movie for a minute because he goes to this shop and then an assassin shows up that's also trying to kill the same person. And there's this big battle with this assassin that looks like Bane from Batman and the assassin is is a vampire assassin no just an assassin an assassin like, for bam- vampires to kill vampires no just an just an assassin sent by this one well, gang well okay so the the guy renfield wants to steal away and give to dracula has stolen drugs from the lobos cartel right and so it's the assassin is sent by the lobos which, what is what does Lobo mean or Lobos? Because wolf. Lobo, what's that? Wolf in Spanish, Lobo. Oh, okay. So, so Lobo is a DC comic book uh, mm-hmm. character, kind of like cool bad guy. Like he's supposed to be. He's, he's supposed to be like kind of like chaotic neutral or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always wanted, but it's such a strange word in English. It's almost like. It's like, I don't know. It's it's just always said to me like wacky or <laughs> like crazy fun. Probably because it sounds like loco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's Lobo. It's Wolf. Yeah. Was so Lobo like a reaction to another Marvel character, or was that vice versa? It's like, I mean, he's there's arguments about like so he has regeneration a lot like um, Wolverine. Oh. Um, right and he's but he's very 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 powerful by by comparison some i don't know i he's uh he's a like a he's kind of 
he's kind of like another Nick Cage character. Um, Ghost Rider. He rides a motorcycle through mm-hmm. space. I don't know. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. The the uh, Wikipedia says that um, the original version of Lobo was intended to be a satire of, of Wolverine. So mm. that tracks. Um, so anyways, yeah, I mean, it's 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 weird because it just um, there's like two movies going on. There's like a gang crime action movie uh, mixed with like a kind of comedy drama thing with Renfield. And he's just like thrown into it. But uh, the thing about Renfield um, that's established and allows all these action, se- these kooky action sequences to occur is that he gets superpowers by eating bugs um since he's dracula's yeah since he's dracula's familiar they established that he can get a portion of dracula's power um by consuming the life force of bugs the way that dracula gets power by consuming the life force of people why bugs well, it's uh, we'll talk about the. Is it the just meant to be a gross-out factor? No, it's it's uh, from the source material. It's it's from Dracula, the book. Um, well, I'll, I'll talk about the the Renfield character in in just a second about his character in the novel and in the films. Okay. Um, so he, so we have this scene, and it's just like this weird action sequence out of the blue, and you're like, okay, so this is a superhero movie now. Um, and I can't remember if it's after that or before, but there is a sequence where it like tells of Renfield's origin story in the context of this movie. Um, and it's a straight up homage of the 1931 Dracula uh, black and white movie with Bela Lugosi, except it's has Nick Cage as Dracula. Obviously. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, I have. <clears throat> I have not. Um, and it, it talks about how Renfield was a lawyer that came to Dracula to uh, do some business dealings and find some, do some real estate deals with him. And then basically fell under his power and became his familiar um, or his servant or slave, however you want to say that. Um, <clears throat> and then it also shows... Um, the modern day and then it skips forward to i don't know when it was it's unclear whether it's modern day or like a hundred years ago but uh dracula is fighting these vampire hunters and almost gets defeated uh because this priest uh draws this protection circle on the ground with powder and he's like suspended in midair but then renfield saves him just in the nick of time by breaking the circle and then uh one of the vampires opens the curtains and burns the shit out of Dracula and has one of my favorite favorite lines of the of the movie because like he turns over Dracula and he's just a charred like skeleton you know and he goes are you okay (laughs) (laughs) and it goes no (laughs) (laughs) um so um it's it's all good fun um, so Renfield, the the little background about the character Renfield, um, I've read about half of the actual novel. I've, I never finished it, but Renfield in the novel 
is a mental patient that is you slowly find out that okay so he starts out he's a mental patient and he like eats bugs but then he collects bugs to catch um what was it birds and then he's wanting to catch cats because he's want to consume something larger and larger but then the the uh, mental uh hospital facilities people take away his birds and so he just ends up eating all the bugs instead um and then we later find out that he's under the power of dracula that he's like being mind controlled by dracula and the reason why he's eating these bugs is that he's been promised by dracula basically immortality through dracula providing him with bugs um so it's kind of a a weird character it's more of like color of this deranged mental patient that eats bugs um, and it has some kind of relationship to Dracula. And, and there's a little bit of involvement in the plot in that he tries to save Mina, but is, is like, controlled by Dracula. And so he, like, kind of fails to, you know, overcome that power. And so that's him in the novel. And then apparently in the, in the films, like, it... it Sorry, sorry. So the novel has Renfield, and then the main character, the protagonist of the novel, is is Jonathan Harker, and Jonathan Harker is a a lawyer, I think, a real estate lawyer, um, um, helping Dracula find some property in London, I think. And in the film, like the thirty one film, um, the 31? character of yeah, nineteen thirty one with Bella Lugosi. Oh. Gotcha. The the character of Renfield and Jonathan Harker are kind of combined to like Renfield is the protagonist. Um <clears throat> I think and then some of the films like kind of cross over and use Renfield as either like a stand-in for Jonathan Harker or um like Jonathan Harker's boss. So there's a lot of like play around, but this so this movie is in continuity with the original 1931 film in terms of the Renfield character in case you're keeping track so um, <laughs> this is getting confusing for me <laughs> so what's the bugs so the bugs I mean again like in the novel he was just he ate bugs to be and it was more in the novel to have a creepy character that ate mm. bugs Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was about consuming life and I think there might have been a connection with like longer life through that communicated in the novel and so really, in, sorry, in this ahead. movie the it's like explained that um yeah that he eats bugs to access his superpowers because he the superpowers are a portion of dracula's powers i really um <clears throat> I've talked about this before. I really get this big kick out of, uh, like, um, symbology in, like, uh, in, like, in, like, kind of, like, semi-religious or, or maybe, like, um, or, 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 or maybe just, like, kind of cult or, or, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to, okay, so there's a book that, that does exactly the thing that uh that i'm trying to to describe so this renfield character who gets 
all this uh, who, who basically gets superpowers from eating bugs mm-hmm. is interesting because it's kind of a thing that, I mean, t- to pique your interest, it's an idea that I would have as a kid, you know, that I'd be like, okay, all right, I'd have a lot of time alone to myself, I'd be outside, I'd just be kicking rocks or something, and then I'd like dream up some sort of, uh, I dream up some sort of ritual that I could do where if, you know, if you turn off the light, you know, it's like the same kind of thing as you hear somebody be like, I had to turn off the light, turn on and off the light switch 17 times or else my whole family's going to die. Um, where you just kind of like, you come up with this little magic juju for your life. Um, and then, and then you do it and you convince yourself that it's going to, I don't know, to do something special for you. There's this book called The Wasp Factory. Have you, did I lend that to you? Did you read that? No, you've recommended it several times though. It's, it's great because it does this all the time, which is like, there's this little kid and he makes little totems out of, out of bugs and dead, dead rabbits and stuff. And he places them around because he believes it gives him powers and then this kind of thing. And I just remember so strongly as a kid doing those kinds of things, not necessarily in, in that super psychopathic kind of way, but Mm -hmm. not far away from that. So when I, when I learn about stories that have this real strong connection to like the symbology of where power comes from and it's like eating bugs, Mm. it's like, there's something there's something there that I connect with that I don't really entirely understand. I don't know does is anything of what I'm saying does it either you guys have like weird childhood baloney like that? Um not with bugs, but yeah, I mean like the ritual or like the kind of magical thinking as as children. I can't think of an example. But. Well, one would be like um if you turn off the light switch in your room, you only have like one full second to get on your bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind or of else thing. what? Or else something. It'll get you. Something will get you. It was just something. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something. It was get not. You. you didn't have a you didn't have a solid. I knew there was something there. Something would get me. <laughs> yeah, I would I would, you know, as a four or five year old, I would wake up way too early and turn on the TV and um and I would catch commercials for like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Five, you know, where they would show like really upsetting like Red Band commercials on you know too early of TV or something like that. And I would catch them, and so like for me it was like Freddy. Freddy would if I if I couldn't get to my bed fast enough, it was a hand going like this, mm. like th- that. You know how Freddy has that you know, just incredible elasticity or whatever it is. He has whatever he needs for the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, it was Freddie. Mine was, uh, the, my, uh, version of turning the light off to get into bed was flushing the toilet and getting out of the bathroom. <laughs> and the monster was specifically the, uh, the monster from, what was it? Ghoulies. Yeah. Ghoulies two. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so interested to hear, about the person who's like Dracula, you know, you know what I mean? Like, do you think anybody ever fell like, like had a, too many moments of terror because of a vampire? Um, I'm trying to show ghoulies too. Hold on. Open image. Ooh. 
Look at that guy. Yeah, Ghoulies too. That's my Ooh. monster yeah. that I was running away from. Anyway, sorry, David. What was your question? <laughs> I can't remember now. I now I'm just thinking. Ghoulies two, by the way, is a great movie, and I don't know why it has that backdrop. Um, because it's that's not representative of the movie at 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 all. Um, Actually, I think Ghoulies. I think it might be in the Ghoulies one too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the same one, except yeah, without the, the second guy up there. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, no, Ghoulies is obviously very bad. Whereas Ghoulies too, like, has full moons, full production, like lots of effort, like millions and millions of dollars behind it. Like it's, and I think it was Charles Band's dad who yeah. did the direction on it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping with the well, bathroom funny. theme. Like my, yeah. I used, I had to have my mom stay with me in the bathroom to run the, the, the faucet for a bath because of Ghostbusters too. Which part oh, of Ghostbusters? Oh, because, because the goop. The goop comes out of the faucet and fills the bathtub. Hmm. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't take Dude. a bath without my mom helping me with the water after that. <laughs> Dude, I so vividly remember being a too young kid watching one of the Ghostbusters where a ghost unzips Bill Bill's pants and he's like Oh yeah. And he's like eh, eh. And I, I was like I just vividly remember turning to my mom and being like why is she unzipping his pants? And her being like super flustered like don't hey no <laughs> like you know me being like what what's in his pants like why like <laughs> like is there spiders in there and she's like it's got what ghosts need it's got ghosts. <laughs> it's got ectoplasm stop asking questions <laughs> ectoplasm um yeah i mean where why do you think all the ghosts are so slimy you know remember so... how the cartoon was like basically a cartoon excuse to show slimer and the movie had no slimer at all right. yeah do you remember how much of that of that movie got turned into toys? Yeah, and he was everywhere. Slimer was everywhere. The most popular ghost. <laughs> yeah. Maybe of all time. And there was no. like brand there was so much it wasn't even while the movies were running. Like was Slimer a was a huge like cartoon character. There was like products featuring oh, yeah. Slimer and like cross promotion stuff at like Burger King and McDonald's and stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Um getting all nostalgic. Slimer <laughs> merchandise. Anyways, going going back to the eating bugs, do you think that's why uh bug eating is so popular in China? Are they trying to gain power? Oh. Yeah, probably. Know. Well that's think... why they are gaining power, maybe. Right. Let's reframe that statement. Right. Um, there was, so there's a moment in, in the movie, like Renfield's tactic for, which is kind of weird because Renfield is established as definitely having superhuman powers when he eats bugs, but his methodology for, um, <laughs> I see Slimer. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. I see Slimer. I remember that. There's oh. like some kind of candy. What's the Slimer candy? We're getting off track. I know. Slimer. Uh, 1988 Slimer Real Ghostbusters Vintage Trading Card Packs. 
Oh, Did you, you guys already the... do Ghostbusters too? I can't remember. No, we haven't. No, done just the ori- did we do? Did we even do Ghostbusters yet? No. What? Oh, wow. yeah. How much Slimer merch there? Like this, like this ghost is in Ghostbusters. Between the two Ghostbusters, he's in maybe I don't know a minute or two. He's shown on the screen. Like yeah, and he it's it's nothing. But for some reason, it must have just struck a. Uh, struck the hearts of children everywhere. Yeah. Or the hearts of CEOs in the right. <laughs> marketing the film. Because it's, it's like a, a visual you know, representation of the CEOs. It's a visual representation for con- consumerism. You know, mm-hmm. it's Your what the kid, they want the kids to to emulate, which is consume everything. Your mom's a visual representation <laughs> of corporate. <laughs> Anyways, back to Renfield. <laughs> Um, so it establishes him have superpowers, but then for some reason his tactic for getting victims to Dracula is to chloroform them, which you know you don't see a lot anymore. In movies. sounds a lot like what we do in the shadows. <laughs> this is like putting towels down, a newspaper all over the room right. before he like you know he's like. Have you seen that, Aaron? Oh yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, we've good. watched it. Right, um, and then, like, so after he has his battle with this, you know, assassin, uh, we find out that outside waiting in the car for the assassin is Ben Schwartz playing uh, the the son of this gang lord. Um, and his character's name, I didn't find out until I checked IMDb. His name is Tedward Lobo. Tedward. Tedward is such a weird name. They just call him Teddy in the movie. Okay. His name is Tedward. (laughs) Which is a real first name, apparently. No. Ew. Can you imagine like Edward with a T? Uh huh. Tedward, but it starts with a T. Ugh. God, so you go by. You could go by Ted or Teddy or Edward or Ed or Eddie. You say the T is silent. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine how much hate you would have to have for a small baby in order to name it that? Just be like, oh, this fucking child. Ugh. I'm naming you Tedward. <laughs> Tedward. Fucking so Especially terrible. since his mom's name is Bella Francesca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds beautiful nice. name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's like the gang guy, and he's like running to escape or like freaked out and and runs and then we're introduced to the other um you know main character of the movie played by Aquafina um and as with most Aquafina roles she's playing Aquafina um wait you're saying this, this is though it's something we should know but I just thoroughly don't know what Aquafina is this uh, Asian American actress that's in pretty much every film with Asian Americans so her name is just just Aquafina right well she's a actor and rapper so um, that kind of explains it a little she was in Crazy Rich Asians she was in The Farewell yeah um, she was well, in the I mean her Sh- name's Shang-Chi. Aquafina like Lady Gaga's name is Lady Gaga right right or no Madonna. I understand <laughs> it's a stage name but it's uh it's alarming to see that just just that on IMDb because a lot of times IMDb will just right 
<clears throat> anyway, she plays Rebecca, which is a a police officer um, in uh, New Orleans, where the movie takes place, and she stops uh, Tedward at the uh, traffic stop. And so there's this whole um, second story around uh, Aquafina's character, where she's a police officer. Her dad died because um, of this gang, um, the Lobo gang, and um, she's basically trying to, you know, combat corruption in the city and fight this gang. And apparently, the the gang pretty much owns all of the police department. Um. And she meets um, Renfield through the course of of uh, investigating these murders um, that uh, basically he did, and as well as like all these attacks on from the Lobos gang. Um, so Renfield goes back to a second session to this help health self help group, um, and that's where a lot of the trailer comes from, where. Renfield realizes like oh I'm I don't have to be a bad guy I can be a hero and he like tells a story in the self-help group and it's just a funny premise because all of the stories that the people are telling are like of their partners or these people in their lives who they describe as monsters and that are controlling them you know controlling their lives and literally Renfield's boss is a monster like the one of the most classic monsters in literature and is literally controlling him through mind control um and so a lot of the dialogue is just really interesting and funny and frames it within that framework of you know classical narcissists and and uh like codependency and there's a there's a point in the trailer where um the group leader like asked him like well what happens if you don't what will happen if you don't do what your boss tells you to do and he says like um he won't grow to full power and the group leader's like yes he won't grow to full power that's so weird that you put it that way but yes <laughs> like <laughs> so it's like all these reactions of like you know something slightly off about how he's talking about him but they're all like assuming he's talking about just a an asshole boss uh-huh um and and it sets it up for a later like third scene with the self-help group where dracula shows up and murders everyone <laughs> because um so this in the is... second in the second session like he gets this help and like they're all like amping him up as like yes you can you know self-actualize like you can be your own person you can you know instead of helping your boss grow to his full power you can grow to full power you can reach your full potential and he's like amped up and he goes out gets a new wardrobe gets a new apartment and there's the seek this like montage of renfield's glow up um which is great and i wish they like did more of that like that that's the the thing that is kind of sad because that stuff is the best stuff like every interaction he has with dracula and that relationship is so fun and and funny that you could have just made the whole movie about that you know and left out all the other stuff um so he has this glow up um hey um what's a glow up 
a glow up is like you know a like makeover? a makeover yeah it's like it's not just a makeover but like you know when you what's a good example of a glow up aaron well uh well first the way i'd describe it would be like it refers to like growing up like growing up and changing except this is glowing up because now you're like gorgeous you go from you know like a, a walk to remember like you go from like nerdy to amazing and fantastic like cinderella she has a glow up because of the fairy godmother yeah. yeah like it's it's usually related to like yeah growing up where it's like when you you were kind of an ugly duckling when you were a kid but then you grew up and you know became gorgeous or whatever but also it's been extended to basically any any time someone kind of has a visual transformation over time um in their career it's a bit of an irritating uh Seems like we we have many ways to explain that. I don't know. It just bothers me when I hear it because I'm like, just not not a very good descriptor. It is a but, bit uh, condescending. Yes. What's that? It's a bit condescending. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like a like a real backhanded compliment. Yeah. Um, yeah these people used to be trash. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, now they see glow. how they're not garbage now. She really glowed up. Um, speaking of uh, trash, do you guys remember that 2020? Netflix miniseries Dracula. Yes. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. You remember how promising the first two episodes were? <laughs> Holy shit! I was so fucking excited for that show. I was like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" And they yeah. have a whole Dracula's whole castle, and it's so fun. Oh my god, and he's got so many cool powers. And then it's like, and then it was just like descending in this horrible, like reverse glow up train wreck of horrible decisions after horrible decisions and being like why why mark gaddis was the was the creator on it no it was uh steven moffat too steven moffat was the reason why it sucked oh why do you say that it's a very steven moffat like technique of like this is super compelling we're gonna grow to something like awesome and then in the end just do like the most hacky like twist and just commit to the worst possible decision you could make or like Stephen Moffat also like sets up just season long or multi-season long like arcs disappointment that (laughs) that, like the whole purpose of it is to have an epic ending and the epic ending is always just like a deus ex machina just like and then they were defeated the end because (laughs) after i have this dramatic monologue talking about how powerful i've just become i'm going to defeat you like but with with dracula it's literally like that plot twist that just is just hacky and 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 dumb yeah that one that one was so unfortunate it was such a disappointment because it was such a because it got your hopes up so much because those first two episodes were really cool. Yeah. I'm looking at celebrity glow ups. I'm trying to find a good example. <sighs> ah, who cares? Um, so <laughs> glow ups. And then, oh, so, here's an example of a celebrity glow up would be, um, you know, <laughs> the singer, Billie Eilish. People mm-hmm. said she had a glow up. But right. she was 
she was kind of offended by that because she was like, um, I dress the way I dress because I want to. It's and I choose yeah. different ways to dress when I want to. Yeah, I think the 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 most often it's used or like when it's mentioned is celebrities that have like that started out schlubby and or like have a really um casual style so like billy eilish would be wearing you know hoodies and baggy stuff and and then she now dresses in a way where you realize like oh she has she has huge tits that's awesome um and then the the other ones is like um chris pratt chris pratt um he lives down the road from me (laughs) dead serious really (laughs) yeah have you and seen his him? ex-wife and his ex-wife what, what's her name from oh, i didn't uh, even think of that 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 makes sense um uh, what, what's her name she goes to this bar down the street all the time anna ferris <gasps> yeah Anna. oh ferris. yeah you mentioned that i told you we need to have her on the show <laughs> yeah yeah we'll go do, make we'll friends with anna ferris david okay <laughs> or have have carrie make friends with her um the other one wouldn't are that like be Joan- insane if i were just like casually but def- befriended anna ferris <laughs> like I mean, it's a small island, David. It's not You're like telling you could... me. Yeah. Every time I go, so I know, I know where he lives because, you know, I'm that kind of, I'm that kind of weirdo. And mm-hmm. so every time I go to someone's house near there, I'm like, have you met Chris Pratt? And they're like, no, but he's right over there. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I know. No. Like, does he let you fish in his pond, his private, his private lake? And they're like. No, he keeps it stocked for him and his kid, but he lets us boat on it. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. You think I can boat on? They're like, no, <laughs> it's not. It's not going to happen. Um, the other, the other examples for celebrity glow ups is like Seth Rogen and um, Jonah Hill, where it's like they I were schlubby, you know, you know, whatever, and now they're like, <sighs> they have a couple pictures of them looking stylish, I don't and so like they've that. had a glow up. I don't like it. I I don't like it. I don't like it. It now that I've learned how condescending it really is. Like I didn't like it before because it sounded dumb, but now I don't like it on because it sounds dumb and on principle. Mhm. Mhm. Well, you're just jealous you haven't had your glow up, David. Um that's, that's what I I'm have saying. I have I have beautifully long, luscious, shiny, bouncy, lifelong hair that goes down to the middle of my back yeah well it's i'm not up so to you hot whether right you now. get a glow up it's like you can't do it yourself you have to be you have to be bequeathed. you can't do it yourself yeah you, you can't have to bequeath a, a glow up by the masses <laughs> if if our fan said david has had a glow up then you've had a glow up otherwise you're just that's, try you're just a try hard is what that's it is. fucking poison you're a try hard until you've been deemed worthy of the label glow up that's poisonous <laughs> i'm Me, like, you know I, talking about glow ups mm. dracula definitely had a glow up in the movie he did have a glow up yeah he in goes Renfield? from yeah because mm-hmm. he goes from basically falling apart in the you know one of the opening scenes to being you know what you see behind us with dracula Never fully like goes all the way to young man Dracula like uh, Gary Oldman did in, in the '90s Dracula, but that's probably most mostly due to Nicolas Cage is old. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, so 
um, next what happens is there's a lot of stuff with the Lobos gang um, f- finding Dracula's lair um, and like Dracula fights them but through the course of that Dracula finds out that Renfield is kind of striking out on his own um, because the Lobos had followed tried to follow Renfield to this lair to try to kill him because they're still mad that they killed that he killed their assassin I guess um, and then so there's another scene where Dracula just shows up at Renfield's new apartment and so it's like <laughs> it's great because Dracula's like at the breakfast table drinking a martini glass full of blood and like Renfield steps in the door and he's like what and then he looks down and he has a welcome mat and says welcome come on in on the welcome mat <laughs> and he's like fuck <laughs> um and this scene, like, again, all the great stuff is this relationship between Dracula and Renfield. Because this scene, um, I wonder if I could find a clip for it for you, David. But it is straight up um, like a classic um, interchange between a narcissist and their victim. Where the narcissist plays the victim and labels the other person as the monster. And I was watching, I'm like, huh, this feels familiar a little bit. Aaron, did anything feel familiar at all from people that you know and have confronted? <laughs> uh, the, I'm the victim here. Uh-huh. I, just, I, I just really want to see a clip separated out of Dracula saying, I'm the victim here. Right. Because <laughs> he so clearly is not. Yeah. I've gone on record as saying, like, Covert narcissists are energy vampires. That's mm-hmm. literally their. That's you know there are there are regular there are overt narcissists, which is what everybody thinks of. You know that's like Patrick Bateman, um, but the covert narcissist is literally just someone who they, they can spin anything, anything effortlessly. There's no it. It's it's in their. It's it's part of the it's 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 uncanny how how good they are at it like how the, how good they are at sp- at flipping they're like you know how wrestlers how you watch a, a a wrestling match not not like you know WWE I'm talking like you know high school like on the mat wrestling how you watch those guys like grab an arm and and you get new into a weird position and then they like flip their body real quick and then all of a sudden they're on top and they're like pinning the other guy it's exactly that but with figuring out how to mentally manipulate you. It's insane how right. good they are at mental manipulation. And, uh, yeah, and, and and obviously, I mean, Dracula is is, is a narcissist. Uh, right. <laughs> eternal, unstoppable, always has the upper hand. Yeah. yeah. And Renfield does has a really in- good job of standing up to him, using all, oh. all of the tools that the group gave him. And he uses his book to remind himself all the things he needs to say to stand up to Dracula. Right. Nice. Um, too little effect, and to be honest, right. you know. When you're and also to make monster. everything worse, because the book led Dracula to the help, self-help group. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and it's established like Dracula has like realized like oh I've I've realized like what I've been doing wrong this whole time. It's like been waiting in the shadows i should just be controlling the world as a god 
because <laughs> that's what I am. So it's like the most extreme version of, you know, the psycholog the the psychology of that kind of monster. Um, so yeah, and then uh, the scene where Dracula goes to the self help group, like Renfield shows up and he realizes that Dracula, after that encounter in the, in his apartment, has identified the reason why Renfield is standing up to him because he sees on this book that's like defending yourself against narcissists or whatever there's a little sticker from where he got it which is this church where the self-help group is and so Renfield rushes to the self-help group to get to to save them from Dracula um, and they just like aren't listening to him and then you know Dracula knocks on the door and the self-help group is guy come on in buddy you're everyone's <laughs> welcome and Renfield's like fuck <laughs> And then Dracula comes in and, like, just demolishes everyone there. Just, like, brutally murders everyone in the self-help group. And then the rest of the movie is, like, all the boring stuff. Which is, like, Dracula teams up with the gang. Like, uh, Renfield's teaming up with uh, Aquafina's character. And they're, like, have this big fight at the end. Dracula tries to tempt Aquafina with, like you know corrupting her to be you know one of his servants to in order to save her sister because uh, one of the things we haven't mentioned and the, that's established early on is that dracula's blood heals people like mm-hmm. no matter how beat up or or like how much of renfield's gut is slashed out and pouring onto the floor if dracula just uses his blood like he'll heal i think that's i think that's pretty common lore um, so there's kind of a fake out where it sounds like Aquafina. Oh, actually another part, like when Dracula's teaming up with the, the, uh, Lobos group, there's a great moment where Ben Schwartz, his character is like confronting Renfield and basically, um, Ben Schwartz is becoming Dracula's familiar, um, to gain his own power. And there's this interchange where it's like, you know, you don't even know like how how good it is like i'm i'm going to take over for you and then renfield's like no you're going to be it sounds like it's a good deal but you're going to become a slave and then ben schwartz's character is like no you don't understand what the master is and he's like oh fuck <laughs> i just called him the master, <laughs> the master. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all these there's all these moments where it's like uh you appreciate for the screenwriters for just like not being too obvious you know yeah they don't explain that like oh you can't let a vampire a vampire can't enter your house unless you invite them in like that's not right established because it's like okay we've seen enough vampire movies we get it um isn't it isn't it insane that it's been a hundred years of that (laughs) right well, it's like whenever and now they make we're just, a, whenever just they re- shaking those, just shaking that dust off, and just like, okay, we don't need to do that anymore. Well, yeah, and it's crazy that like everyone, whenever you get like a a new Spider-Man reboot, they always have to redo the origin story. It's like he got bit by radioactive. Spider-Man. We know who Spider-Man is. Let's you move don't on. Say. <laughs> um. Anyways, the end is is basically Aquafina resists temptation and and is just trying to 
aim to try to defeat Dracula. Um, and then it looks like Dracula's going to win, but then he doesn't win, you know, like a movie <laughs> does. Uh, but they, like, uh, Aquafina draws a pr- this protection circle that was established in the opening scene um, using cocaine powder to draw a circle. <laughs> um, and then looking up, like, Wiccan, what was it? Wiccan. Wiccan Tumblr. Tumblr, that's what it was. And so Dracula suspended, and then Aquafina and Renfield just go off on him at, to the point where they've uh, beaten him up so much that they've just put his bits in little ice cubes of concrete and then poured him down the, the sewer. Um, so, overall, it's a great movie. I I think, like... It's fun. Like the action sequence had 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 great stuff. Like the gore was was really fun. It felt like a, um, you know, it's over the top stuff. Um, like when Kill Bill, like there's a, just too much blood, kind of thing. There's a scene where Renfield rips off a henchman's arms and then stabs two other people with those arms. So I mean, that's the level that wow. we're working with here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and the- I just. The pulling off of the arms looks just like that SNL sketch with the weightlifter and the, right. and the blood is just squirting out of the sides. <laughs> yeah. Like a Monty, like Monty Python. Yes. Yeah. There's that too. The opening scene with uh, Dracula and the, the priest that are trying to kill him, like once the circle is broken, Dracula turns into a cloud of dust and enters their respiratory system and this just explodes them into a million pieces. It's like... <sighs> This is the, I mean, it's it's not subtle the the action in it, but again, it's like very much um, related to comics. Like you realize, like, oh, this is a comic book sensibility, and part mm. of that is superhero shit. Um, I th- I think there were some missed opportunities. I would have liked to see more um, relationship stuff with Dracula and Renfield. I would have liked to like incorporate some of the uh, the lecherousness of dracula in modern times that would have been a fun theme to have where he's like he's trying to find some more hotties and then there's some kind of comment on the age difference (laughs) well they they tried to do a little bit with the the mother the lobos like gang leader mother with Mm. because because they did the whole thing where they're dracula and Bella Francesca Lobos are like meeting each other to team up and he they do the lighting thing that they did with Bella Lugosi where it's like they darken everything except his eyes and it's like oh here it comes like the seduction part and then she responds like in her own seductive voice like it's it was like oh okay here's they're gonna start doing this now but then it like cuts away to another scene. So it's just, I don't know. It was just, I wish they would have done a little bit more of that too. Cause that's like one of his main superpowers is seducing yeah, men seduction. and women. Yeah. Right. They kind of, they, they offhandedly mention it where like Dracula's complaining about the people, the bodies that Renfield is bringing to him. They're like, these are all trash bodies. Like you got to find like the innocence. It's like, what would be really great 
is like a busload of cheerleaders. And then Renfield gives him a look. And he's like, it's not sexual. <laughs> <laughs> it could be boys. It could be girls. Whatever. You know, it's like. But, yeah, I wish they, they could have really leaned in more to the Dracula character. I mean, you're just want you're just waiting until Nick Cage is on the screen again with with most of these things like Renfield it's is like the main character but and it's kind of interesting like him working through stuff but it's it's kind of undercut because it doesn't really show enough of the relationship uh over time during the movie it's like it's established early on like the interactions with Dracula and then there's like kind of a big gap in the middle where he's not really interacting with Dracula. so. Um, and whenever he's not on the screen, all the characters should be saying, where's Poochie? <laughs> <laughs> I must go to my home planet now. Yeah. Um, so anyways, final recommendations. Who do you think would like this, Aaron? Uh, anyone that likes Deadpool or... I guess uh, someone who's a fan of dracula like the the man the myth the legend like yeah if they're interested in dracula this is it's just a different take on it more fun than a yeah. serious scary movie yeah if you like invincible or um deadpool like it's definitely like the movie Sounds- is an action comedy but if you like nick cage like this is one of his best performances in my opinion that's saying um, a lot if you like dracula this is definitely a great entry in there so um yeah it's it's if you haven't seen it go go rent it or or uh, watch it on peacock um the only streaming service with cock in the name mhm yeah there's a lot of comments about you know hbo max removing the first three letters of its name like it's your turn peacock yeah <laughs> um okay now let's move on to oh gypsy oh my kitty oh i get to see that nervous cat again look into the camera you weirdo oh oh, oh. <laughs> oh. cats cat gives off like incredibly nervous vibes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so we're going to play a new game called Dra- Dracula Actor Trivia. Mm. Um, oh, so that do we one. need to make you full screen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. Okay, so Dracula Dracula Actor Trivia is Dracula a game. Dracula Actor Trivia where I read off some trivia and you have to guess which actor that has played Dracula is that bit of trivia about. So we've got... Aaron's going to make mincemeat out of me. We've got six actors who have played Dracula. We have the OG, Bella Lugosi from 1931's Dracula. have Christopher Lee from 1958. Uh, Leslie Nielsen from Dracula Dead and Loving It in 1995, uh, which was preceded by Gary Oldman playing Dracula in the 1992 film. Uh, Also, we have Klaus Kinski, which played the Count Dracula in Nosferatu the Vampire, 
which was a Werner Herzog movie, if you have ever seen it. Um, and then Nicolas Cage in Renfield. So, I have to open the thing I saved. Hold on. Look at all those fine vampires. Have you seen all of these or any of these, Aaron? Which ones have you seen? I've I've only seen the original Dracula and this one. I've seen clips of all of them. But You've never seen Dracula didn't loving it? Like I think I've probably seen it on TV, so I might have seen like most of it. <laughs> and you've yeah. never seen uh Bram Stoker's? No. No. Man, that's I mean, that's a pretty solid entry into the whole the whole Dracula thing of a jig, if you know what I mean. Like Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think Dracula the nineteen ninety two one was the closest to the book in terms of execution, and honestly, I don't think it's actually that close. <laughs> like having read the book, I'm like, Oh, this is great. Yeah, you worked Super it in. Creepy. Good job. You worked in that you read the book. <laughs> Oh, he did I it, read, folks. I read half of the book. Oh. All right. Um, okay, starting off, uh, number one. Mm. Oh, how are we doing this? Are we buzzing in or something? Are we raising our hand? Um, I'll give you... Oh, yeah, let's trade off who goes first. Like, okay. Let's not bother with buzzing. So, good, good. David, on this one, you'll go first. Um, can someone keep track for me? Yeah. Okay. Number one. Uh, this actor started his career as a prisoner of war. I'm sorry, I'm getting this uh, this thing ready. And eat. no worries. Okay. Um, so the question is: This Dracula actor st- started as a prisoner of war. Started his acting career as a prisoner of war. Ooh. So they were they fought in. Yeah, I a don't war. want to give more details than that. Yeah, they fought <laughs> um, in a war. Okay, so it would line up for both Bella Lugosi, who I doubt ever went to war, and Christopher Lee. I don't think Leslie Nielsen ever did, so I'm going to go ahead and say Christopher Lee. Okay. Aaron, what's your choice? Um, I'm going to say... Do I, so I can't choose Christopher Lee? Is that... No, you can. I yeah, can? can? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, okay. whoever w- has the most points at the end wins. Okay, I want to believe it's Christopher Lee. I think it is. Mm. You suckers. You fell into my trap. It's not either one of them. It's Klaus Kinski. Mm. Uh, Klaus Kinski was 16 years old when he was drafted and served in World War II for two days. Then he was captured and sent to a pr- British POW camp. Um, and when, then he and fellow POW starred in plays meant to keep up morale among the captured. Klaus Kinski starred in a role in in what year? Um, so he played Dracula in probably the 60s, 70s. Oh, okay. This threw me off because you had them moving chronologically in your in your thingamajig up and. T- oh no, it's it's off. Yeah, it is off. Okay, I see. Yeah, Gary Oldman was before Leslie Nielsen, but... Yeah, gotcha. Okay. No points. Um, May God have mercy Klaus Kinski is, like, if you don't know Klaus Kinski, he's kind of insane. 
like he's like the stories about Klaus Kinski are like I think he was diagnosed as like an anti-social personality disorder basically who hasn't been <laughs> all right <laughs> next uh, he, this actor did not wear fangs when playing the title character in Dracula you go first Aaron me Mm-hmm. Is it Bella Lugosi? I'm going to say that it was Gary Oldman. Aaron wins this round. It was mm. Bella Lugosi. Apparently, Dracula didn't have fangs in the original Dracula. Okay. Okay, so that's, quick, uh... quick bit of trivia about me is I've had students when I was teaching ask me if I sharpened my fangs because my canine teeth are a little crooked. So it looks like I kind of have fangs sometimes. Anyway. I thought you were going to say trivia bit about me. I also don't wear fangs. And then you basically <laughs> said that. <laughs> um, okay, number three. So we got one zip. Uh, Aaron's in the lead. I'm keeping score. You don't got to say it. All right, all right. So this actor was famously told by the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts to find a new career other than acting before being trained at Rose Bruford. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I'm, I don't know what Rose Buford is, yeah. uh, but I could completely see this being Nick Cage. Aaron? Gary Oldman, I think. Aaron is correct. It's Gary Oldman. <gasps> Dang. See, I told you Aaron was going to do good. Uh, number four. This actor appears on the cover of Paul McCartney's album, Band on the Run. I don't have any idea about this. Oh, am I first? Uh, I yeah. think it's... Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to say I think it's Christopher Lee. Yeah, that would make the most sense. I'm going to also say it's Christopher Lee. You're both correct. It's Christopher Yay. Lee. Okay, this actor... Um, okay, so, yeah. Indigenous actors on the set of one of his movies offered to take him out as a favor to the director. Can you say that again? So, indigenous actors. So, on the film that he was working on, there was, like, local... Just a film or one of these vampire films? Uh, one of his films. It wasn't one of the vampire films. Uh, but oh, yeah. indigenous actors on the set offered to basically assassinate him as a favor to the director of the film he was working on. I'm going to imagine this was Leslie Nielsen. I want it to be Leslie Nielsen. Because <laughs> that would just be fun. Um, I'm going to guess Nick Cage could be see uh, all of these are great because they all could be nick cage <laughs> that's my favorite part of this game yeah but no it was klaus kinski damn Ooh. yeah what klaus film kinski, was it? it was on the the um for a guir and Fitzcarraldo, both uh uh werner herzog movies um they those both of those movies employed indigenous actors as extra extras um 
and they were just deeply disturbed by him. There's a have you ever watched documentary now, David? No, I've yeah. I've. <laughs> so it's it's Bill Hader and um, yeah, what's his name's um, show that just parodies documentaries. And there's a really good one on the make. It was like a parody of Werner Herzog's movie with one of his movies with Klaus Kinski, and it's really funny. Um, I kind of want to watch some Klaus Kinski movies now. I gotta say, yeah, he's he's a crazy dude. Um, Okay, next. Uh, He was considered for the role of Jack Torrance in Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which went to Jack Nicholson. This is you, Aaron. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm first? I just went first. I'm going to say Gary Oldman. What say you, David? Well, I got to pull out. I got to pull away uh, from Aaron here. It does make sense that it would be Gary Oldman, but uh, because I uh, because I really need this point here, it won't do me any good if I'm tying with her. <sighs> Golly, it wouldn't make sense if if it were Christopher Lee and Nick. Cage would have been way too young. Yeah, his career hadn't even really started at 80, I don't think. So I'm going to say Leslie Nielsen. Wow. Bold choice. It's Leslie Nielsen. Fuck yeah. Was considered for Jack Torrance. (laughs) Is that not the craziest? That's like bit of trivia. It's just playing the timeline for me. Like, I mean, Gary Oldman would have made some sense as well, but. Yeah. I think. Okay. I don't know. I don't know when Gary Oldman started. I mean, Christopher Lee, I mean, he would have been older, but, like, I could have seen him there. What has, I mean, what has Leslie Nielsen been in that wasn't a comedy? I've only ever seen his comedies. He started no, he out was, as a serious a actor. actor. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know he what started he out as a dramatic actor. Oh, t- t- fucking t- tons. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, let's see here. Uh he had like a classic like a classic actor's um uh cv um f- uh, for the vast majority of his like early early years and then i don't know where it where it changed um but it certainly did change didn't it um let's see here yeah i think but, it happened i mean it happened after naked gun like or no, it happened after Airplane was the yeah, one Airplane where he switched. It. Yeah, um, Barnaby Jones. Um, I think it was in a lot of TV stuff or like Snatched. I think you're gonna have to go back to like the 50s wow. to see where yeah. it is. Okay. Like, um, um, okay. Next question. Danger, um, justice, ransom. Yeah. Watch all right. Out. This actor um, was a avid stamp collector um, as such he would have been thrilled to know that he himself ended up gracing two US stamps avid stamp collector oh I go first this time yeah I'm going to say Bella Lugosi Aaron I concur it's Bella Lugosi boom Aaron with four points. David with three. Can I tie it up? Okay. Number eight. He was the step-cousin 
of 007 creator Ian Fleming and is often mentioned as an influential role model? I think it's Christopher Lee. I I think it's Christopher Lee, too. Yeah, that one's more of a gimme. That was Christopher Lee. He's kind of famous for that. So, like, if you've watched the Lord of the Rings extras, like, you'll know that Christopher Lee was in the British Special Forces. He was basically a spy. Um, So I think it was him and there was some other... Gandalf the Grey. Who was he a spy with? There was some other guy that, like... Gandalf the Grey. Yeah. Um, Moving on. Uh, he once did magic mushrooms with his cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, with his cat, this is so specific. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't want to give away too much of my thought process here. Magic mushrooms with his cat. This is so strange. Oof. I'm going to say Klaus. Aaron? I'm going to say Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Dang. Furthering her lead, I am now, I assume I can't catch up. Um, There is two more. You could tie. I could literally just tie it. Okay. Last two. Um, This actor performed a vocal duet with David Bowie for the song You've Been Around on the album The Sacred Squall of Now. Um, um, He also featured, is also featured on the song Stamford Hill on the same album. Can I ask what year it was? No, you cannot (sighs) ask what year. This girl sitting out in the, in the dead lead. Being like, can I get a leg up here? (laughs) Is it Aaron's turn to go first? Yeah, it is. Go. I'm going to say Christopher Lee. David? Klaus Kinski. It was Gary Oldman. Apparently Gary Oldman is is a friend of David Bowie. He's a longtime friend. Okay, last one. Yeah? Um, He spent years reading up on the Holy Grail to try and track it down in earnest. Like, he was actually trying to find the Holy Grail, and he concluded that the Grail only made sense as a metaphor. Nick Cage. Aaron? Klaus Kinski. It's Nick Cage. (laughs) So close. So close. That was actually... Aaron won. Yeah. I mean, the takeaway is... Actors that play Dracula are almost all in, as insane as Nick Cage. Bonkers. Mm-hmm. Bonkers. Except for Bella Lugosi. Seems like he got a good head on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I was impressed with how how well they made Nick Cage look like Bella Lugosi in the flashback scenes. Yeah. It was, it was really good. Do you suppose it was with uh, the CGI? No, no, I, I think, think it was just makeup. Just makeup. And lighting. <laughs> yeah. He's got a much his his face is a different uh different shape. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got it. I did he didn't look exactly like him, but really reminiscent of Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, it's cool. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us in this episode of Horror Movie Talk Plus. This episode, as always, is produced by uh 
well, not as always. This one's produced by me um, and edited by, as always, by Fart Simpson. Thanks uh, to all our listeners. Thanks to all our patrons, which I'm going to thank right now. We have a couple new ones that sign on, I think, more again than brand new ones. But I want to thank Spooky Tooth, Mitch B, Jissel R, um, for joining our Patreon. Um, please, if you like the podcast, share it with a friend. It's the only way we grow. Um, and go to horrormovietalk.com and click through all the things to help support the show. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, an easy button to click on is the Amazon button in the banner. We get a little taste of whatever you buy there. Um, until next time, we see love you on the you. flippity floppity. Yeah, we love you. Have a good week. Good day, sir! Wow, that didn't sound good.